Thank you so much to our new Patreon subscribers, Kyle Stevens, Raccoon City, Kelly Smith, and Jana Medina. Might be Jana. I'm sorry if I butchered your name. Jana, Jana, Medina. You are the cream cheese to our wheat thins. And if you're wondering how those two paired together, dipping wheat thins into cream cheese is the most scrumptious of all meals, so it is appropriate to use when talking about our lovely Patreons. You are the best, just like dipping your wheat thins in cream cheese. Everyone, the Patreon helps keep the podcast alive and allows you access to exclusive full-length episodes, deleted scenes, videos, monthly giveaways, an exclusive book club, written reviews, and your very own Discord channel and role. Please click on the link in the description for this episode to show your support. Hello, and welcome to Book Reviews Kill, a podcast about fantasy, sci-fi, and horror novels. I'm Chad. And I'm Evan. You are listening to the Monday Morning Minute. And this week in fictional news, publisher Alex Berman has announced the relaunch of Fantasia Press, returning more than 30 years after their last publication. The first new release is a limited edition of Mickey 7 by Edward Ashton. The press was originally founded by Berman and the late Sidney Altus, with the idea of publishing high-quality, limited-edition hardcover science fiction and fantasy books made from the best materials. From 1978 to 1989, Fantasia Press published 49 books with titles by authors including David Brin, C.J. Shira, Stephen King, Larry Niven, Spider Robinson, Robert Silverberg, Jack Williamson, and others. Seriously, folks, go on the website for Fantasia Press. This is not an ad. This is not anything like that. I just, I just love. I saw this Fantasia Press thing, and I'd already heard of them before. And I saw this article, and I was like, "Oh no way!" And if you like, go look at there. It's spelled P H A N T A S I A Press. The covers for these books, I I really hope these kinds of covers come back into fashion. This specific era of cover art. I don't know where it went, but it needs to come back because these covers are amazing. <laughs> oh, wow. I know, right? Uh, yeah, this is they very like, so what, cool. 70s? Yeah, I think it's like, it's 70s, like late early 60s, 80s? early 70s, into the okay. 80s for sure. Yeah, but some of these covers, it's just like, why don't we do this anymore? Yeah, like, it's sort this? of like cover wow. where you see like a super ripped guy like holding like <laughs> uh, like a damsel and there's like a dragon like roaring in the background sort of thing. Oh, this is, yeah. yeah. And then just the art is so clean and colorful and cool. Yeah. For some of these, when, when the cover is so bombastic and so over the top and stuff, it kind of reminds me of like those old Super Nintendo games or like the Nintendo NES games where it's like the cover is just this amazing piece of art and then you turn it on and it's like, oh, okay, this is like not that cool. Right, but, right. <laughs> but I'm sure some of them definitely represent how cool the book is. And I don't know, Fantasia, it's just really neat to see like this old press, like this old imprint that was doing really cool stuff decades ago. Just kind of like have another crack at it. That's awesome. That's really cool. That is really cool. I'm distracted now because I'm looking at all this cover art. This is really, really cool. There's so much amazing art from covers. There was a, I can't remember the name of the Instagram page. I'm so sorry. If I find it, I'll let everybody know that I found it. But there was this Instagram page I used to follow one of my old accounts that was this person that was really good with Photoshop would take like these old, you know, bodice rippers or like these sci-fi fantasy books from like the 50s and 60s and 70s with these ridiculous over-the-top covers and they changed the title to like something so there'd be like a guy with like a weird like egg-shaped thing in his hands and like originally the title was like the spear of 
Carnassus or something right. that has nothing to do with it, but then they change the title to like the weird egg thing of doom, you know, it's, just, <laughs> it's, it's so, it was such an awesome page. I'm going to do my very best to find it. But anyway, uh, how was your week? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> what, what did you find? I just found this other Instagram page that's like, that's doing kind of exactly what you're talking about. They're taking old covers and repurposing them. It's like the meth head lion. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, exactly. This one is my flawed lover, Dildo Hands 3. <laughs> I have a tank. F you. Can you here, send that to me and then I'll, I'll, I'll share it on my Instagram for everybody. Okay. Just email it to me. Oh my God, I can't wait. <laughs> we found it. We found it so fast. Yeah. Cool. Tell me about your week. Okay. So fun things, a lot of, re- well, not as much reading as I really wanted to, but I'll get to the reason for that, which is really exciting here in just a little bit. But as far as what I've been reading, Valor, I'm a nice little chunk into that. Have you been? Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm almost done with my portion. We'll be ready for our episode this week for sure. Cool. Oh, that's right. We're, We're doing, doing one ever, only half of it. I'm a lot closer than I yeah, thought I was. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think about yeah, it? Yes. So we'll definitely be ready for that this week at some point very soon, actually. I, I like it so far. Yeah, I like it more than Malice oh. already, for sure. Absolutely. It's like I know yeah, I know yeah. who everybody is. I still think some of it, like some of the scenes, still feel just like a little on the clunky side. You know what I mean? Where yeah. it's just like why? Yeah. And, and some of the world building too. He's like not a master. I think that the action scenes and the world, the like the landscapes and like I'm very immersed in what's going yeah. on. His action scenes are very good as war. Yeah. Um, I think his dialogue yeah. is pretty on point, but it's just like, for some reason, I feel like with some of the chapters, and this is just me putting like my critique hat on, you know, it's just, <laughs> right. it's just like, man, why did we start the chapter right there? That's like a weird right. spot. Right. I mean, you kind of got to the meat of what you're talking about, like eight paragraphs later. You've like, helped my own writing so much, Evan, by your notice of this, because Evan once told me like, man, these characters are constantly like walking to the room. Like we start the character with them while they're walking to the room that they're going to have a meeting in and nothing is really happening. We get no value on the walk. Like stuff happens, but it's like not really, it's like start at where the juice is. And I adjust my own writing constantly because of that. I'm like, Oh, Evan would hate this. <laughs> like, cause I'm too early, you know? And so it's really helped me out a lot, but yes, I agree a lot of uh, times in this book, but that happens. So I'm going to throw a little bit of a, of a little, you know, all the branch here to John Gwynn, because like, this is epic fantasy. This is epic high fantasy. And like, you take as much time as you want for it. I mean, like, I, like if you go read the yeah. wheel of time, you know, there's like whole ass chapters that don't need Lost to be books. Yeah. yeah. Or books, depending <laughs> on who you're talking, you're talking to. And I think that there is something kind of like endearing about, you know, like one of the main character Corbin is just kind of like sitting and just kind of like ruminating on stuff. And then like a real conversation happens and some real action happens and stuff. But it's right. like, you need kind of, I don't know, you need some of that for yeah. sure. We could come back by what we're saying too, by being like, well, those hypocrites, because like, what have we've said this many times? What are our favorite parts the of the Harry parts, Potter books? The vibey parts. Yeah, the vibey yeah, parts. No, but I mean, true. like, it's not necessarily vibey when they're walking to the meeting in the hallway. They're just like, oh, like, how's your daughter? Or, I don't know. It's sometimes just kind of like, why is it here? And I think a lot of the, for his world building stuff, like I said, in a, uh, the first episode, I think of Malice that we were doing was, I feel like his world building, just like he just copy pasted his notes and then put like dialogue tags at the beginning and the end of that statement and it was just like okay that was a lot you know yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a lot sometimes but i think with this book in particular it's moving a lot faster and i don't know it's just john john gwen's strengths are really sticking out a lot more in yes. in this book you can tell that it's they're like, louder than his weaknesses right like you can tell like he had like this kind of big first high, epic high fantasy book kind of under his arm and then he was like all right all right no, here we go. You know, right? Um, He's more confident as a writer. It, that's a sure, really good way tell. of putting it. It feels much more confident. I'm here for Faithful in the Fallen. It's 
great. Yeah, I want to go read it right Same. now. Honestly. I know, me too. Yeah. And on that note of wanting to read right now, I also have to. Uh, I'm going to interrupt myself by saying the thing that I'm really excited about, and also say we're going to try to keep this one a little bit. Sh- short because uh, I have picked up and I'm so excited. If you've listened to a lot of our episodes, our Monday morning ones specifically, you'll know that I've been trying to uh, hack my way into the audio book narration world for a while. Well, I just got approved for a full-on book that I'm going to be narrating. I'm not really sure about the rules of saying its name or anything yet. I'll have to review that with the author. And I have a bunch of that to do um, by a deadline that is like tomorrow. So I really got to get to it. So we're going to make this episode a little bit on the shorter side. And yeah, that was uh, really exciting for me this I'm week. I'm so happy for you, man. That's so cool. Thank That's you. So, you've been working so hard. At I it. didn't have to do 400. You did a lot though. I did a lot. Yeah. You did a lot. <laughs> you did. Solid 40 yeah. to 70 yeah, for sure. Yeah, you've done a ton of them. Yeah, I'm really 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 happy for you man that's so cool thank you i'm really really stoked in addition to that i'm working on morningstar it's it's another amazing installment in the red rising series man i'm just gonna be nothing about gushing about that whole series i feel like every book there's a review not a review there's like a blurb that i saw i can't remember where i saw it but it said something like pierce brown's pacing is like there's a line of like the story is like a trail of gunpowder Right. And then, and Pierce Brown is standing over it with a lit match, like raising his eyebrows at you. You know, and, and like that's what reading those that's books. A well, said <laughs> I know. Statement. I was like, wow, yeah. that's like that one sentence is better than any review I've ever given a book. Straight <laughs> I up. Thought, I yeah. loved that imagery because that really does feel like it. That really is what reading those books feels like sometimes it's like dude what are you about to do oh my god will you please just do it if you're gonna just whoa just yeah just hurt me hurt me pierce at no point am i like oh man just there's very it's not a vibey book i know i said that last week not a vibey book you're like well apart from like the torture and and horrific gruesome violence and everything i suppose it's no i'm saying i'm saying it's not i I said it was vibey last week and you like (laughs) corrected me because it's really not (laughs) i do love i do love severo though I do love me some several. I do love me some several. And yeah, there was some really like aw moments in this book that yeah. occurred too, which was nice. Yeah. Uh, which we'll get into this week as well. Yeah, so totally. keep your eye out for that. Uh I'm about halfway through misery. It's getting better. I'm liking it a lot more. Oh, cool. I kind of hit my misery like momentum and got it rolling a little bit. Yeah. So uh yeah, I'm I'm here. It's nice that it's so different than all the other things that I'm reading right now, you know. Yeah, it's interesting too, because you know, you've read a decent amount of King, but only because you've read eight dark tower books right and then um dream like 10 years ago or something so what do you think about misery i mean like is it is it captivating you do you feel like it's have you seen the movie no okay, i didn't so even you, know there was a movie oh there's a rob Reiner movie it's amazing it's a classic oh, wow. it's is it, so uh, good is it super scary yeah i mean <laughs> okay I'll, i'm just making sure like, I don't, you know, scary I don't, scary isn't quite the word i would use for misery like it's a scary situation i wouldn't want to be in that situation it's more it feels sure, more like okay. a thriller like it feels more like okay. a like what is going to happen next like this situation is so suspenseful you know um and so okay. it's so, it's such a horrible situation for someone to be in <laughs> yeah. you know so that's, i feel like that's where a lot of the horror if you wanted to call it that like comes from with misery it's like it's, it's not like the kind of it's not like like when i read it for the first time i remember specifically i was walking home in the dark from a late shift at work and i was like a third two-thirds of the way through it and Mm -hmm. that i legitimately was like scared like i i was scared of the dark while i was walking home because it was super dark and i was alone and it was because i was reading it and 
misery just doesn't really have that that it factor if you will uh that right, doesn't right. have that really i don't want to watch that it that factor alone which is why i ask because like that's not an alone chad movie you know yeah i could probably pull this off you can watch misery like. alone it'd be fine i really like kathy bates oh my god she's so amazing she won an oscar for that role oh really wow Hell yeah and she deserved the hell out she's, of it she's incredible i love her a lot yeah she is amazing in that movie cool everybody's great in that movie it's, i think it's james khan is the main other guy but uh is that is that right? Can you look that up, James Con? Yeah, I've got it pulled up right yeah, here. Yeah. Uh, James Con. Yep. Uh huh. Hey. Yeah. Oh, nice. Good um, memory. Like I'm all surprised. Wow, Evan, that was a good memory. <laughs> and I, th- I think um, William Gold William Goldman did the screenplay for that. The the person that wrote um, the screenplay for the Princess Bride and wrote the book. The Princess oh, wow. Bride. Wow. I don't quote me on that. I I believe William Goldman wrote Misery screenplay. I think. I don't know. <laughs> but I'm glad you're enjoying it. That's awesome. Yes, I am very much enjoying it. Oh, it's William Goldman. Look at me. Okay, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> you uh yeah, I wasn't uh thinking it was anyone else. I was like, his memory is probably correct. The book I'm reading, oh, I don't know if I can say it, I'm reading the most, uh, enjoying it the most because there's Morningstar and Valor here as well. But I'm really enjoying, I'll put it that way, where I'm very much enjoying the sword defiant by uh Gareth Handrahan. Hanrahan? Oh, yeah. yeah, Hanrahan. We talked about that. Yeah, like last week. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I haven't finished it by any means, but uh, it's a it's a nice hefty book. It's a good seven hundred pages or so, I'd imagine, and it's pretty thick. It's it's great. It's really, really, really fun. And I wouldn't quite put it as a grim dark, but it's not a a grim happy. You know, it's like a, it's not the opposite of. It's very close to grim dark. I feel like well, typically like the, the main definition of grim dark would be like morally gray characters. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. yeah I, I don't I think, think you're right, actually. really it pertains as much to setting as, y- as much as right. it does to um yeah so you're right you say, i think i've gotten in my head that it is a like everything's yeah. bad and sad but you're totally right and that it is a grimdark focuses on like morally gray just as you said but would you say like that's with that definition in mind does that book feel like that yeah there's a lot of questions of like the greater good the greater evil where does that line fall sort of thing yeah definitely definitely yeah so maybe it is grimdark i'm gonna look at it through that perspective next time i'm reading it and i'll have a better answer for you on that next week yeah i feel like grimdark kind of like sits right in the saddle with like uh, realism or like dedication to realism as well i mean it depends on the narrative it depends on what story you're reading and stuff totally but with regard to like uh like avercrombie stuff like even like mark lawrence's stuff like that kind of grimdark is like okay but like really people act like this when this kind of thing happens you know like like it'd be nice if nobody died when this factory exploded but like actually no it did and like the reason it did was because of this person's actions right and he is at fault yeah when that person did that thing they were actually trying to do this thing because of these reasons you know like that's that's kind of how i look at this person's actually a good person they're not gonna pull their punches with the factory killing everyone you know what i mean like no one's gonna swoop in right, and like right. make that all pretty you know like that's real right there's very little yeah, plot but armor. that's kind of like how i look at grimdark at least I'm i think that's more accurate than the filter i was just putting on it like two minutes ago so yes i'm gonna stick with yours so anyway loving that you know i realized because the name kept hitting me and like the style of story i was like man this is so familiar why is it and the reason why it was so familiar to me was i read a book by him a couple years ago called the gutter prayer oh, wow. you didn't you forgot you had read yeah the same author yeah i had forgot this was my second uh jaunt down the road of old gareth hanrahan um and that book was pretty good i wasn't like it wasn't amazing but it was pretty good 
This one's better though. Another banger cover though. Yeah, man. Man, that looks really cool. Jeez, the I love prayer. that style. Yeah, that yeah. looks awesome. Yeah, I think it's a series that I only have read the first one. He has got his cover game on point. I'll give him that much for sure. And that's it for my reads, as I say it after like the fifth book. But yeah, that's all I've been reading. Uh, I almost started a new Hugh Fights with Monsters, but I figured I should probably like clean up a little bit before hitting that. But there's an emptiness in my heart not having a lit RPG that I'm currently reading. Uh, Tell me about your week. What have you been uh, doing with your time? Well, speaking of literary RPG, I finished uh, Dungeon Crawler Carl, the first book in the Dungeon Crawler Carl series by Matt Dineman. It was pretty cool. Yeah, I liked it a lot. The idea, when I figured out like, oh, this is what I'm getting myself into, I was super locked in with it. Uh, I think that, I mean, this is my first try with literary rpg you know i just picked kind of randomly dungeon crawler carl a lot of people had recommended it to me yeah i mean it's definitely how do i okay how do I, i'm trying to collect my thoughts here on it because <laughs> it wasn't it was really really fun fun is good the writing was really good bat Deneman can really do an action scene which is really important that he can do an action scene because there are so many action scenes like it's just Boom, 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 oh, wow. like hundreds and hundreds of pages. I mean, um, and like I like the stat system, like the way that the whole stats, because I feel like with literary RPG and I haven't, this is the only one I've read, but I imagine that it's difficult to stay creative with how you're going to actually implement a stat system and a, you know what I mean? Right. Like you can't just like throw it in there. And the way that it's done in Dungeon Crawler Carl is really cool. I thought it was really impressive that he was able to kind of like very seamlessly mix it into the plot and the kind of like the big overarching kind of narrative and like mystery of what's really going on he's telling us how we do um, it does it a spoiler uh yeah i would not yeah i don't want to give too much okay. away um for that because but it is i mean not very much is really given to you in that first book anyway actually i mean like towards the end you're kind of like wait what the hell like he figures something out mm. and you're like wait a minute uh and i really want to listen to the the second one and the ones coming after it too i mean i'm definitely going to go through all of this because this there i'm listening to it on audiobook and it's a blast like the narrator does an amazing job at it his name is jeff hayes he kind of sounds like cronk from emperor's new, new groove <laughs> uh, but that's fine I mean, he does like a ton of other voices too like he does the you know the ai voice that's talking about all the stats and everything like princess donut the cat that dungeon crawler carl brings in with him jeff uh, hayes does Jeff Hayes does all the voices for this. Um, apparently, he can do like 350 voices or something like that. Wow. Just this big, giant repertoire of different voices. Uh, so listening to it on audio was really, really awesome. Yeah, I, don't, I mean, the only thing that I kind of gave me pause about it was like the humor just didn't super land with me on oh, a okay. lot of... Like, there were a lot of jokes thrown in, and some of them were good, um, especially... I don't want to give too much away, but the certain reactions that the main character has to things I could totally relate to. And they were actually really funny because of the context of what was going on. But then some other stuff, like just kind of the, the makeup of like what was actually happening mm. was like very slapstick. Sometimes it kind of reminded me of like the borderlands games, you know, where, or like to be more specific. And if you if you play video games, you'll know what I'm talking about, but not, not necessarily borderlands one or two, but like borderlands three and tiny Tina's wonderland, ah. where they're just cramming a joke in like everywhere. Sure, they can. Right. And, and some of it works and some of it's just like, uh, I mean, I guess that's, uh, it's like a piss monster. Or like, what, <laughs> right, okay, right. I guess. It's like, a I piss monster. He's throwing up. Like now. it's very, 
it's a lot it was a lot more wacky than i thought Mm. it was gonna be and i think that i mean that's not necessarily a bad thing but i think it's just like not really what i was expecting i thought it would be a little bit more like just a little bit more like intense and like a little grittier than that but it's also really fun and i'm glad that i'm listening to them because it's like kind of different from you know i'm reading fool's errand right now by robin hobb and it's just like robin hobb is just slowly tightening a knot around my heart and i know she's gonna pull really really hard on it soon (laughs) i know that those books are gonna be so brutal Uh, and i'm I'm also reading uh red rising which is just intense as hell and i'm reading faithful in the fallen which is just like this god war (laughs) super epic and stuff uh so reading something like dungeon crawler carl is like pretty perfect actually right even if like the humor like, so if you're interested in reading it, I mean, I would definitely recommend it, especially if you've never listened to Lit RPG before. I mean, drink a beer first. It really, yeah, maybe drink a beer first. Yeah. It feels <laughs> like the author had a couple beers, like, while he was <laughs> writing it. He was just like, ah, I know it's already 600 pages, but we'll throw this scene into you. Like, it's fine. <laughs> but I mean, it really makes sense that it's the way it is because I don't want to give too much away, but like the more that I'm thinking about it and the more that I have thought about it, and I'm like trying to write up a review for TikTok and stuff too. It's like, I feel like the main character is kind of just as annoyed at the humor of the situation as I oh, am. Interesting. So it's, I think it's a lot more subtle than I, that I think. Right. Like if you kind of take a meta back approach, you might I understand think, it more. I think he might be hitting something pretty hard that I'm, that I'm slowly starting to realize like, okay, I think I know what you're it's doing. It's like, you think it's stupid, I mean, but it's actually being cleverer than you. <laughs> maybe. Yeah. Maybe I'm not that clever. And I'm like, oh, I'm this is annoying. You, like, like, maybe, yeah, that's you know? a point. Um, but Borderlands is not like that. <laughs> no, no, definitely, definitely <laughs> There's not. There's a stupid. This guy's resume. Uh, Jeff games. Hayes, by the way, I've been looking at it. It's oh yeah, ginormous. Yeah, yeah, wow. he's done a lot of stuff. But yeah, it's like I said, uh, Fool's Errand, Morningstar, Valor, finished Dungeon Crawler, Carl. I'm still reading Claymore. Claymore's awesome. I'll probably finish that up in the next week or so. It's it's so good. I, I've heard that the ending isn't very great, but the journey to get there has been awesome, so I don't really care. Right. Like it's it's very, very good. And some people may not know what they're talking about. It might be might be boss, you know. I, I didn't pick up Lord of the Rings the entire wow. week actually. Yeah. Because Fool's Aaron keeps putting me to sleep. Ah. <laughs> uh. I was re- I don't know. I love I love you, Robin Hobb. I know you're listening right now, but uh yeah, that book took a while to get to where it was going. <laughs> <laughs> it's a whole lot of fits just being pretty bummed out about a lot of different womp, stuff womp, womp. Like, man like yeah he fits is the he inner is, funk yeah there's a part where he's just like okay so a bunch of stuff happened off the page and i'm going to describe literally all of it in this entire chapter and it's just like oh god okay man like <laughs> <laughs> sure all right here we go you know and this is him talking to somebody about like all the things that have happened to him over the last like 15 years <laughs> <laughs> but i love it because i love it i love robin hobb i'll read whatever she puts Man, she's out. incredible incredible author but yeah that's about it for me as far as reading goes you know i've kind of like picked up a couple things here and there and like uh, oh wow oh my god i totally wow i totally spaced that i finished uh pr- the prettiest girl in the grave by Christopher Triana, and I interviewed Christopher Triana this week too. Uh, he is a like an extreme horror writer. That's he right. writes like really gruesome, really intense stuff, and it was very cool to have a conversation with him because he's in like a niche genre of a kind of a niche genre. You know, like horror is getting pretty popular again. A lot of people really like horror, but if you go into a Barnes and Noble, horror is the smallest section of the fiction shelves. You know, I mean, it's very very small. Uh, I think the manga section is bigger in my Barnes and Noble. Oh, than definitely, it is in mine. Is. And most of the horror section is Stephen King too. There's a so, shockingly large um, manga section in the Bend Barnes and Noble. It's like 
whole oh, yeah. thing and the other side. It's it's crazy every time. I'm like, really? Huh. I mean, series have like 35, 36 books. Yeah. There, yeah. So <laughs> there's a lot of books. But um, yeah, talking with Chris Triana was awesome. I'm gonna have him on again for sure. He was he's so nice and like uh very he knows a lot about his craft. And you know, I mean, like extreme gruesome splatterpunk horror is absolutely not for everybody i'm not trying to say like everybody should go out and read these kinds of books like immediately check the content warnings like make sure that you know what you're getting yourself into because it's extremely graphic but i think it's a really good thing to have around like we should be pushing boundaries with literature and we should be making sure that if people want to express themselves in certain ways that they can you don't have to read it you know like even like that's part of what chris and i talked about right. You know, like it was, it's a very cathartic and artistic process for him uh, as somebody who's kind of like dealt with certain mental health issues and stuff like that. We had a really good conversation. I like, I like Christopher Triana a lot. I wanted to keep talking to him, but I didn't want to like take up too much of his time. Isn't that wonderful? A sequel to when an author that you like, like their books, you find out they're also really cool. It's like, yeah, because it's yeah, so he's super off, cool. Yeah. the other way around, right? Where you're like, oh no, God. it's like, yeah. do you, it's hard to even like their book anymore, but then like, I just love it when it works out that way. That's great. No, like as soon as we sat down and started talking, I was just like, this is going to be an awesome interview. Hell yeah. This is great. cool. But yeah, uh, he just put out a book called Along the River of Flesh, Ooh, good name. which is a sequel to his most popular book, uh, Gone to See the River Man. And Gone to See the River Man is far and away Christopher Triana's most popular book. I really wouldn't be surprised if it was like turned into a movie or something. It's people are that excited about wow. it and then he just put out the sequel or he's about to put out the sequel in like two weeks or something so yeah uh that's pretty much all i did uh also <sighs> okay i don't even know how i really want to talk about this because it's a like it's like it's not really embarrassing but it's just like it's not that cool okay you know but no, i need to know <laughs> um, i know right i know i didn't mean to build it up like that but um okay so i started watching how i met your mother okay. have you watched that show yeah like a little not a ton it's not like my office or anything but like i've, I've... dude it's it's a pretty good show oh, it's hilarious like it's <laughs> i was not expecting to like it that much i'm like almost done with the first season already. i watched like uh probably a season and a half in like tiny little like episodes all over the place so i've never like sit down and watch it back to back but it's really funny it's a really good show <laughs> Like, I don't I think don't you should why. be embarrassed like, about liking how I'm not embarrassed. I, I, so many people love that show. So many people love it, and I totally understand why so many people love it. Like, I mean, because like I grew up like watching Friends, because like my parents really liked Friends. And, like I've watched a lot of Friends, and Friends is like bad, like compared to How I Met Your Mother, which is like oh. a very tight. Like, I mean, Friends is not Friends is Friends, friends, is friends you know, yeah. but it will always be Friends. I feel like How I Met Your Mother, like they they like tamp down the laugh track so much more. It's like it's so much less like in your face, like between yeah. every single joke. And I feel like the writing is like a lot stronger for not relying on the, the laugh track as much. It's a really good show. <laughs> like I've, I was just I watched like eight episodes. I was supposed to be like reading and writing and stuff. But when I you first started that, like I thought you were going to go like, and I hate it. I don't see what all the hype is all about. And I was like, well, I, um. no, it's great. No, it's really I mean, um, it's funny because like I, I called my brother and my brother is like really cynical about yes he is everything he he loves it um but i i called him and i was like man have you watched how i met your mother and he was like yeah and i was like that show's awesome and he's like no it's not evan what are you talking about well vaughn you're wrong it is how I met your mother super, is great. super good and super funny i mean i'm excited about it because like there's uh, there's nine seasons there's so many episodes of this show apparently it's like pretty consistently good the entire time it's done it's wrapped up and when i'm done with it 
it can be my comfort show. I just add it to a list of comfort shows. It's going to sit up right up there with The Office and Parks and Rec. And yeah, uh, uh, which one do you think is better, The Office or Parks and Rec? Oh, I I've had this conversation so many times, and I'm glad to have it again. <laughs> uh, so I personally like The Office more. Same, but I think Parks and Rec is a better show. Really? Why do you th- Why do you say that? Parks and Rec is funnier than The Office. Like The Office really? has really high highs. Uh, I personally like The Office more because I I can't explain it. It's Nostalgia. just it's. It's, it's nostalgia. It's so comforting. The fact that like they're just like in this like drab office space. And, yeah, like, I, mean, I, I like the characters nothing, more. Yeah, I mean, well, well, I mean, I don't know. I don't think it's as I don't think it's as good of an ensemble cast as as Parks and Rec. Really? Yeah, I mean, because like with the Office, you've got like Michael Dwight, Pam, Jim, and then everybody else, and Andy to like a certain extent. But then everybody else is kind of like this peripheral character. You know, like they kind of come yeah, in and out yeah, of like whatever's right. going on. But then with Parks and Rec, it's like you got ev- like everybody right. in Parks and, and Rec. April, Leslie, Ron, Ben, Andy, like all of them are even the guys who are just like big. They make fun of themselves about like fat jokes like Jerry and whatever the other guy's name is. They're all in it together. Yeah. It's, like, it's all one big. Donna, like, I mean, obviously, it. like Amy Polder, like she has most of the screen time, but it's divvied up a lot more evenly in Parks and Rec. I don't know. I, I just feel like um. Yeah, Parks and Rec is just like it's a better show. I've, I've been, but I, but you're I probably like right. <laughs> I like, I, I kind of think exactly the same as you. Um, though I don't know if I think that it's better, but like I don't know. I could, pro- I could be easily convinced. My problem, and I'm, I understand, I'm super like not coming at this with like an objective. I'm so subjective here because for the longest time, for some reason, for some reason, I don't know why, I really disliked Amy Poehler, like everything oh, about really? her. Really. Like one of those times where I would just like see her and be like, ah, like I just like, and that stopped me from watching the show for the longest time. And then oh, finally wow. I was like, oh, yeah. she's actually not that bad in this. And then like, I don't know why I ever thought she was bad in anything. Yeah. Cause she's super not, she's, she's super, super not. Nice. And she's super funny. I just like, <laughs> man, I think you just formed those. I had this you, opinion you that was those, wrong. Yeah. I, maybe I saw like some stand up or something that she just bombed or something. Like, I don't know. But I was like, I don't like this actress. And then it took me a while to come around. And now I like, <laughs> really like her in parks and rec i don't know how she is outside but probably pretty good i've gotten over I mean, it uh, I guess. <laughs> I, that's that's good that you got over your 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 groundless bias yeah. against <laughs> my, my un, for no reason at all hatred of amy poehler oh uh, yeah i mean i think that uh, parks and rec has made me laugh harder more often than the office but the office has made me laugh way harder more acutely than like that <laughs> Like the part where, where Michael accidentally like what like really drives his car into the lake because of the GPS, yeah, 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 you know, and then he like comes back to the office and they're like, "What happened?" And he's like, "I drove my car into a lake, <laughs> like and it beats it." <laughs> like that seriously, like I've watched the office so many times, and like every time I like gut bust laugh like every single time. Yeah, and um, what what's his name is in there? America's sweetheart, who uh, Chris Pratt. There we go. I love me some Chris Pratt. Oh, uh, he's like he's like weird now. He's weird now. We don't need it. We definitely don't need to get Wait, into that. Why is he weird now? Like, I don't know. I don't want to get into it. He's just like <laughs> that's just not okay. Okay, it's a book podcast. We don't need to do weird actor gossip stuff. <laughs> okay, okay. Before we move on from books, though, have you seen Barry the show? No, I watched it. Absolutely, watch Barry. You were just talking about like gut laughing. I think that show had one scene specifically has made me laugh harder at any other piece of. TV or or movie or anything ever. I was like alone in my room and I was crying. I kept rewinding it and listening and just like I was 
like weeping i was laughing so hard so like and it's not you know every scene is like that of course but man it was awesome and fun and brilliant and sometimes like whoa that got real so we'll be can be done with tv now but man wow that show is funny for sure yeah there's there's some stuff i've been meaning to get to you should watch it before we move on to the fun fact i want to uh throw out some gratitude for the reviews that we received man i just can't say thank you enough times but i will continue saying thank you we'll get to the number or at least close to it one of these days here because you lovely lovely listeners just keep hitting it out the park we did not top our four per week but we have hit four every week (laughs) since then we got another four this week yeah so awesome it's crazy and like man Man, they just like make my day so much reading these because no one is like great podcast. It's always like this story about how it's like inspired them to be reading more or it's like something very like specific about something they like about the podcast, which is a lot more meaningful than just like good job, you know? And so it's like not saying that you have to leave, you know, I'll take just the five star and good job. That is fine. But everyone seems to just really go above and beyond when it comes to leaving the reviews. So oh, it's so wild to just see all these five star reviews. Yeah, it's oh so my God. cool. Thank you. So even the four stars. Thank you. Appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. Let us, one star. I let mean, us know honest, what we could do to get up to the five. five. I mean, uh, I'm sure we'll get our, we'll get a one star. Uh, we've already gotten some one star reviews, but I'm sure we'll get a one star wall of text at some point. That's just like, I can't stand these guys. You know what? That's totally cool. So anyway, thank you so much to Rin Norris 711 They said that listening to us helped them through some dark times. And uh, then they said, Chad even offered an insight into the Dark Tower series that finally let me put that long and deep-seated irritation to rest. And I am very curious, Rin Norris 711 what you said, because there were a few lines that I was like particularly proud of figuring out some things there at the end. And I would love to know, just so I can like really just bathe in your um, compliment here. (laughs) But that one was really meaningful. And then Cassia said, great show. And this one was very cool. I love the new episode, The Tale. And I'm telling all my Ah. book friends about this podcast. Cassia, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Another one by Rochelle F. And they say that they use us to help them motivate and get some cleaning done around the house. So you are so welcome with the cleaning motivation there. (laughs) And then finally, and then finally, we have Evan and Chad will make your week by Marissa Clay. And this one, I want to read just a little bit more of it because it's more of a compliment on the community as a whole that is kind of revolving around this podcast especially in kind of the, the hub of it of course being the discord and she says i'm thoroughly convinced you won't find a nicer and more welcoming discord community anywhere on the internet i have finally found my people thank you guys for the show and the vibes you truly make my week every week you're so welcome everybody We're, we love doing this <laughs> this is seriously the highlight of my week absolutely and hearing these are, are certainly a highlight as well and then also to everyone who is involved in the discord or just part of our community man it's really special that everyone has been so awesome and we can get a review that's not only about like evan and i but it's about the community as a whole being so sweet and kind and loving and uh Man, she is very right. You guys are truly the best. Huh. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Yeah. So much okay. love. All right. So before I love. cry and stuff, let's move on to the fun fact. Kintaro Miura, author of the manga series Berserk, was so meticulous that he would often go pixel by pixel in digital drawing software meant to streamline his inking and drawing process. <sighs> <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, pixel by pixel makes a bunch of sense yeah so i mean i guess with that it's um, insanity with, yeah because uh obviously before computers and before touchscreen interfaces with like smart pencils and stuff i'm sure mangakas and comic artists and things like that were just using pencil and paper and stuff and, and have to scan it now with this software you know we, with this new software i'm sure you can like fill in entire like closed out parts that you want to be black or absolutely yeah whatever very very quickly but i I can imagine kentaro man kentaro miura worked his ass off he was bent over his desk till the last he was reclusive i would be interested in his process because i'm sure he probably drew it out mostly by hand and then have would have to scan that into a computer and then like change it into like i'm sure probably a vector or something so you could then manipulate it for like line by line maybe i mean i think maybe a lot of that just the drawing in general just took place on tablets and you know maybe not even starting with pencil and paper but just I mean, i'm sure that's probably how it's done now yeah 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 I, yeah i don't know how all that works i mean it's such a fascinating industry yeah it really you know? is but yeah i mean if you if you've never read berserk before if you go take a look at some of kentaro miura's art i mean it is so it's intricate it's it's it is so beautiful. I've still to this day not seen anything even close. I mean, the the art for Vinland Saga is great. The art for Claymore is great. Uh, Junji Ito's stuff is really, really good, but nothing compares to Kentaro Miura. He is truly the master. Yeah, Maka he started at opinion. 22 years old for Berserk specifically, but he had written his first um, manga when he was, I think, 10. Oh, wow. Yeah. I know that Berserk, uh, there was like a... someone. Someone's going to correct me on this probably in my email or in the discord or something but i think that there's like there's like an alternate version of the first chapter of berserk that's that's not quite like the new berserk you know it's not quite the chapter that's by in him? the actual yeah it's his, oh, it's his okay. stuff i can't remember what it's called but yeah he had like a, a, essentially like a first or like a rough draft of it that was i think published in something but then it turned into this whole other thing but like even if you start with like the first berserk sword wind versus the black swordsman is that what it was well there's one that says like i'm just reading some reddit stuff uh, one person says they started with sword wind but another copy it started at the black swordsman was a different the black swordsman is the one i'm thinking okay of. yeah uh if you look at like his old stuff like the first few chapters of berserk and then go and look at the newest stuff Whew, it is like it's night and day like and the fir- the first few of them are ov- are amazing you know they're some of the best manga art i've ever seen but then it just keeps getting better and better and better i i have a rough time like recommending berserk to people because it's such a like a monetary like investment <laughs> to read it all you know because like i mean oh, there's like nine uh, of them ten 13 that costs 50 dollars each i have the first one that serene was kind enough to send to me one of our most prolific book fairies in the discord oh yeah another reason to hop into the discord and post your amazon uh gift wish into a channel that we have dedicated solely for that so random lovely people can start sending you books which is oh yeah actually we need to do our patreon uh giveaway uh this month every if you if you didn't know every month we pick a patreon member and then send them a a book from their wish list so uh, we need to get on that this month actually we've been doing it kind of later towards the month but yeah look out for that in the discord probably tomorrow everybody okay my copy of um berserk starts at the black swordsman is that where it should is that where yours did yeah it's where it should start i mean i think that there's just like an alternate i don't know i'm sorry i've got so much stuff rattling around my head i lower the (laughs) end of the episode so that (laughs) but anyway everybody thank you so much for listening to this episode make sure to go check out our patreon it really really helps us out a whole bunch we've got a discord channel we've got a youtube channel all the channels and all the 
Yeah. Thanks. And Thanks. you heard it from the it's reviews. Everywhere. Our Discord community is the best. It's not even us just oh, yeah. pumping it Discord up. Rocks. It's now the people in the reviews who are like, the Discord community are the best. And they truly are. You know what? I will, I'm going to say something real quick yeah. about the Discord community. It is pretty awesome that we have over 1,600 people in that Discord community. And we haven't had any dust ups. Like, we haven't had any, like, like nothing where we've had to like i mean we've had like i think some guy was like posting porn in there we had a bot once come in and just like post a bunch of booty shots but i caught him before he got to more than like 10 but like well we haven't had like any issues with anybody being really rude or racist or like mean or we haven't had any of that i just want to tell everybody that's in the discord right now thank you for making our lives easier and not being assholes thank you so much It'll you not being assholes will also benefit you right. uh, without like an, in no connection to BRK at all. But it'll just it's just cool that you're not. Yeah, you know, just, <laughs> it's just cool that you're not. <laughs> yeah, I've gotten general, messages from people that you know? were like, I have a best friend now that I didn't have before. And we're like, oh, my we're God, like that's besties. So cool. They like hung out. They hang out outside the discord all the time. Like that's I've gotten so some awesome. really heartwarming messages. What I'm waiting for is I want to be responsible for a marriage <gasps> and a baby. Okay? Yeah, <laughs> man. And you guys better not be holding out. I want to you're in Discord life. and you're marrying someone else in the Discord. You met in the Discord or having a oh, baby. Man, you better let us, us know. Yeah, we will announce that yeah. to everybody if you want us to. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we will. We will look for your consent with that kind of thing. But uh, yeah, anyway, everybody, thank you again so much for listening, for supporting the podcast, for being here with us every week. Look out for our episode for the part one of Valor coming out this week. Our episode with Effie on Morningstar. We'll be starting Iron Gold very soon, I'm sure. Who's doing and, a great uh, job? Also mentioned in one of those delightful reviews is doing a killer job. Um, and then also we need to read when women were dragons oh for the patreon finally oh my god i'm so sorry we're doing we're doing it i promise i'm so sorry <laughs> oh god I, I i bet our patreon listeners are like like at the very beginning of the episode when we're like uh your very own book club our patreons are yeah. just like really yeah, that are <laughs> that our guys are super <laughs> slow about reading those books oh my god Thank you for your patience. I appreciate you all so much. And uh, yeah, I hope you all have an awesome rest of your day. And of course, happy reading, folks. Bye, everybody.